Welcome to Pushing Forward with Alicia, a podcast that gives disability a voice. Each week, we will explore topics like confidence, ambition, resilience, and finding success against all odds. We are creating a collective community that believes that all things are possible for all people. Open hearts, clear paths, let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pushing Forward with Alicia. I'm Alicia, and I'm super excited to have some more time and space with you today. So almost every time I speak, this person is included in my stories on the stage, actually to the point of when I get done speaking and I'm doing my Q&As, a lot of times I have audience members either ask while I'm up on stage and or approach me if this person is going to surprise them when we're wrapping up so they can meet her. So this is a really personal interview for me and um, I'm really excited to have her. Um, I have Regina Weinstein here as my special guest today and I usually read bios and talk about accolades but the first thing that I could say about who Regina Weinstein is, is she's literally the other half of me. She is the egg split into the identical twin, the able-bodied half of me that I've been chasing around my entire life. She is a business executive. She is a mom of an amazing little sweet daughter who happens to have congenital heart defect. She has the honor to have become an advocate in her own mom past. So we'll talk about that a little bit, an advocate and an ally. She is a wife and she's just my best friend. And she's a huge piece of becoming extremely proficient in inclusion. Regina has always been kind of my secret weapon. My, she's been my advocate. Like she's opened a lot of doors for me that I was afraid to open when I was not quite settled with who I am fully. So did I miss anything that you want to share before we start diving into goodies? No, it is absolutely my honor to be here. Um, your intro already made me feel like I was on the verge of tearing up. Um, it has been my honor and my life's path to share this journey with you. And it's been so fun to do it as a team. Um, I lo- have loved every second of it. It has been from the second of conception that we ended up together and it's it's just been such a joy in my life to always have that person like my special person the one that knows me the most the one that will always be there for me the one that will never let me leave me behind or let me go and that is you so I don't know I think we should start looking back yes when we were growing up like what was it like like do you remember recognizing the difference between the two of us Yeah, I mean, definitely. I I think the two things I think about, one, I have always kind of been the cheerleader or the sideline person. And it's interesting how that's translated into most of my life, not just with my twin sister, but as you mentioned, my daughter, you know, um, I've kind of been the person to be there to coach, hold hands, support, include, never leave behind. I never felt complete without that other piece. And so, you know, this, I think the analogy or just comparison of a, the sideline cheerleader is definitely a role that I feel that I've always had. And I think that really started with um, us growing up 
from birth together. And our parents really training me to be the helper, the good helper, our little helper, you know, that is a term that I recall in life. Um, and I was referred to a lot that way. Why? Because our parents opened up this window of love that just encouraged us to support one another. And that wasn't just specifically to you because you have disability. It was throughout each one of us, right? We were just a very whole group. Each piece made up the puzzle and it defined it correctly. And you growing up at times needed more of that helper Mm -hmm. than most children would at that age. And my heart opened to allow that to be a part of my every day. Um, and so those are the two things I think of. It's like cheerleader, sideline cheerleader, uh, rooting you on, holding your hand, but never in control, you know, never having that control that you, that you want. It's like, you have to just, the only things that you can do are love and support and pray and hope and be thankful for medicine. And, you know, just the people that we're going to have to like help bring you to the next step in your life so that your life would continue and you would live on. And my job was to be there to hold your hand. And that has always been the case. And that will always be the case. I think it also gave you strategy that you're really good at, which is you're really quick to be adaptable on the fly and to find solutions that work for people. We, at least from my perspective, I don't remember there being a noticeable difference between us until we were a little bit older and so like that natural like Ella does it Ella is Regina's daughter Ella does that now with me naturally as well like she she's starting to recognize that there's a disability but she doesn't like judge it or put limitations on it and I feel like that's what we did collectively but you had a much harder job in that right like whether we realized it or not, you had his twin sister that was following you around with equipment and medical problems and going in and out of the hospital, which I like now as an adult, I'm sure was traumatic, not realizing it back then, you know, for you. But I think what all of that has given you is that you know how to adapt things on the fly, whether it's that, I mean, Regina and I work together. We are very codependent on each other. We, our lives have been saying friends and uh, uh, we live in different cities, but it's probably good for our husbands. So we're not like at each other's house every single day and all of those things. But that is translated into your life as well as for your friends, for your family, for your husband, for your in-laws, for your daughter, for your everybody that you really, you're constantly just like making it happen and like making sure everybody feels really good. And I think that that's a beautiful trait. Um, but we also had the honor of having very forward thinking parents at a very uh, unconventional time for it, right? The things that they were doing in 1975 to advocate for you and me as well um, are things that people were not doing at that time. I think it's an important thing to recognize that I need to remember myself is they were advocating for me and you. And like when you actually take a step back And you look at that relationship and, you know, like we can only, like our parents are gone. So we can only assume some of these things, but they were advocating for us to be together and to have the same life opportunities. And if either one of us would have had any falter in that, the other one would have been also missing out 
even if they were the one that was included? If you're you're born with a disability and you have a twin sister or a twin and you're walking the life path together, it just, like you mentioned, paves the road differently because anyone who has siblings knows that one is trying to do what the other person is doing. And whether that is you trying to fulfill a need for yourself as a disabled child, I'm still observing that. So some of the behaviors that you were learning to shape your life, I was also utilizing in my own life. You just don't know the difference of how you have to like learn to modify your life on the fly to succeed to whatever the end result is. And that can be getting the syrup for your pancake. And that can mean getting to the top floor because you have to go to the bathroom. Or that can mean meeting friends at school. Like you just learn to do it together and you do it by observing one another. And that goes for you watching me, me watching you, and then us figuring out how we're going to enjoy our life, you know, and how are we going to apply these lessons and come up with this blended early initial adoption of inclusion. I mean, that's really what happened. We just both wanted to be included in whatever the other person is doing. And our parents, the reason that we did that was because our parents taught us very early that that's how you live and that's how you love. And do you think that they didn't know that we were going to be born together? They didn't know they were having twins. They didn't know one was going to be disabled. Do you think like that methodology was self-preservation on the fly? Like, oh, we're in this situation like how do we handle this? We just handle it like we would no matter what. Or do you think that it was just embedded in them to like be like that or maybe a little bit of both? Well, I think now that I'm a mom and you probably see some of this as well because you love Ella like she's your own as well, that all you want is the best for your child. So if I think of my own situation and insert myself into what they were doing, which honestly I do often because I have a child who has, you know, a medical condition that is going to be ongoing her entire life. I do think about what they would do and what they would say and how they would handle it. But all you want is the best for them. You just, you don't, I'm sure they looked at it like there's no reason why this amazing child with this beautiful brain and this amazing personality should not be doing the same things as her sister and vice versa. So I think it's just that natural parent thing that kicks in when you become a parent that your your goal is to make sure that you're doing the best for them that you possibly can. And in our parents' eyes and their vision, things like education should not have been a segregated or separated thing. You know, at that point, the, you know, the children with disabilities, and quite frankly, it's still happening today, but children with disabilities were completely isolated from children without disabilities. And that doesn't matter what your disability is. And so, me being a mom, if that was happening to my child, and you know that there's no reason for her or he to not be sitting in that classroom and having those same opportunities to learn and build their brain and become a strong, independent person through education and thought. And social, socially. There's so many layers of it, of why it's important. And I can see why our, our mom was dead set on making sure that you were placed in a classroom with me. And that's exactly what happened. And it was a um, bold move and it was something she had to fight for. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't, none of it was easy. None of it was easy for her. But talk about accomplishing something that like really matters. It was like a big part of a huge change and a movement that wouldn't come into play till 20 years later, so many years later, so, so, so many years later. And there's still so much work to do. 
So I just think when you, when you love your children and you have children, all you want is the best for them. And that's, that's exactly what they were doing and made very good decisions. Our mom passed away when we were seven from leukemia. And so she did a lot of this groundbreaking advocacy. And so she did all this work kind of laying down the foundation of inclusion before she passed away. And then my dad kind of, our dad kind of like filled in the gaps and made sure that her wishes happened, which was, you know, for us to be together and to have the same opportunities and and all of those things. This is a perfect time to take a quick break. You are listening to Pushing Forward with Alicia, and we will be right back. If you're an employer looking to motivate and inspire your team through the power of diversity and inclusion and learn more about disability inclusion in the workplace and how to include disability into your DEI efforts, please check out my keynote speech offerings on aliciaanderson.com. That's A-L-Y-C-I-A Anderson with an O.com. Click on speaking. Welcome back to Pushing Forward with Alicia. I'm Alicia. I have Regina Weinstein here as my special guest today. And she's literally the other half of me. She is the egg split into the identical twin, the able-bodied half of me that I've been chasing around my entire life. It's been an interesting thing with you becoming a mom to a daughter who's got you know, some medical challenges. What, what's been one of the most amazing things in experiencing that is watching you and and Shane, your husband kind of go down the same path that like our parents did with us and with me with, you know, so it's been interesting to watch you and Shane as a mother and father go through you know, surgeries and scary things and ongoing advocacy and making sure that she has all the resources. It's almost been messages from heaven on like what our life looked like with our mom specifically. I I know you're just so much like her because when I watch you be a mother today and in lean into that advocacy, not only advocacy, but like educating people and empowering Ella to be proud of her scar and to be the strong little loving girl that she is. And I, it's been a joy for me to sit back and watch. It really goes back to the whole cheerleader. I'm on the sidelines, you know, and I, I honestly think it's just, I have something within me that has given me the strength to somehow go through that because it's really hard watching people that you love go through really hard things, but I, I wouldn't change any of it. It just helps me reflect, especially with Papa, our dad, because our mom died when we were so young. He was the one that was really like pushing me through a lot of like really scary surgeries. And I think that his mentality of just going and get it done is what he taught me. And that might seem a little bit harsh. Um, It gave me that mentality from a young age, like, okay, it's time, go do it. We're going to get through it next. But I sometimes think those were the moments of him like, that's the way he was able to deal with it, with me getting in a power place instead of being afraid. But I call it business mode. It's almost like this, this strength that comes into your soul and your body and you just get it done. And then it passes and you don't think about it anymore. You don't worry about it. Yes, you have to get checkups and you know that, you know, this is likely to happen again, but you don't let it allow, you don't allow it to consume your life, um, to completely derail everything that you're trying to do. 
you just get back to life and you're grateful for the health and the recovery and the new opportunity you have to live on because these things have to happen. Now, some of the things that you've been through and some of the things that my daughter's been through are things that some people will never, ever, ever understand because they're so massive that it's not, most people don't have to go through all these challenges, but for those of us that have to do, and those of us, those of us that are part of it, you just figure out a way to dig deep and find the strengths and go into business mode and get it done. But I'm grateful for it all. You know, our journey has been um, complex and there's been a lot of layers in it, but I just, I wouldn't change any of it. And that's weird to say because we've lost our parents and, you know, I've got this situation with my daughter that is, you know, going to be part of our life forever. And, you know, you're ongoing medical and all these things, but it's like, how do you change it? Like, we're so lucky for the love that we have, have been incorporated into just us through having parents that gave us some really strong lessons early on. Yeah, we are lucky. We just were always treated the same in every situation. And we're twins and we're identical twins. So that means not only do you want the same thing, but you want to <laughs> act the same way. And you, you know, and so I, the story just resonates with me of our mom going into the grocery store and my quarter going in and it, a red gumball coming out. And then you just losing it can't get past not having the same red gumball and her just going back to the well to like cash in cash for quarters until that red gumball came out, you know, because we just didn't see differences in one another. We just were twins, you know, we just always wanted what the other wanted. I don't want my life to be different. I don't, you don't want your, you know, it's just like, we are who we are, but we're separate, but one. If there were hard moments of things that happened in our life that, you know, I never wanted you to feel bad about, right? Or hurt over going to, to dances. That was really hard for me. Getting in an invitation to go to a dance and you potentially not having an invitation to that specific dance, but we're still at home putting on makeup together and getting ready together. We're doing all the things that we always did together, but then I would leave. And like that stuff, quite frankly, sucks. I, I live with it still. I, it'll never go away. It was almost like I didn't want to do certain things in my life where I knew that it would be hurtful to you because I know that if it, because I, I, I know how you feel. I have, I feel your emotions. I feel like we, we can feel each other in a, a lot of regard. And so I did, I did live with a lot of, uh, it wasn't guilt. It was just more like hurt in my own self, knowing that things that potentially were occurring in my life were not occurring in the same way in your life. But you know what? That's transitioned in adulthood to be the opposite. So though while we were younger and you're going through all those hard years and uncomfortable years and years of growth, I had more of that. You're in a position now where you've got your own business, you're thriving, you're traveling, you've got all these amazing professional experiences and you're you're building your business around what you truly love and believe in and you know so I think as an adult you can almost flip the script a little bit with some of that shifting and almost flip-flopping right I am the afterthought (laughs) that is totally okay with me but that is that's true you know like you are in the the center of all of this right now and I am so proud of you but you can see how some of it sort of it, it changes over time right But either way, some of those early years were hard. They were hard internally for me. 
I never felt resentment towards you at all that you were going to prom and I wasn't or any of that. Like, was I sad sometimes? Yeah. I mean, sure. I think my biggest mental health challenges was in like high school and adolescence. And I didn't want to just be the friend and I wanted to go on a date and, you know, and those things are just a little bit harder sometimes when you're growing up disabled and you're right. Opportunities come and go. And, but back then it was even harder probably to separate the two because we really did do every single thing together. I do think it's changed over time. And I think that's because you mature and everyone is, you know, we become like fine wine as people. We just get better and we learn more, (laughs) you know, and we just get in a position where we think differently and, and you just evolve. And um, so it makes sense that you've really blossomed and you've always blossomed, but you know, this is your time. Like you've, you know, this past 10 years has been your time to shine, your time to grow, glow, just, Mm-hmm. sparkle you've worked really really hard to kind of like accept yourself in a different way and start talking about things that quite frankly we didn't talk about as much when we were younger and it's allowed you to totally turn into this new and amazing you and it's totally through self-acceptance mm-hmm. and totally through believing in your beauty and seeing your strength and knowing that what you're saying is what you need to be saying so that the world can learn from a different perspective. And that is the perspective of inclusive love, just figuring out a way to absolutely love everybody and understand how we get there through communication and an open heart, you know? And so this blossom of yours in the last 10 years has been powerful. It's been our parents, like, literally are glowing down from the heavens. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're speaking their word and you're sharing their message and you're growing their belief through what you're doing every day. And that's a big deal. It's a really, really, really big deal because you're allowing a, a fresh perspective that's your own perspective and how you believe inclusion works the most effectively through your own actions. And that's a big, that's a really big deal. That's a huge compliment. And I feel like it is an opportunity to give our mom a voice out of anyone that really passed away way too young. And I think that, I think we're both living the lives that she would have dreamt for us. And just like you say, I'm shining bright. You're shining so bright too, as a mother and like this path that you're on with your family and, and you're living the life that she didn't get to. I do feel that. It's really, it's really weird. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I think about my daughter and I think, you know, like I remember sitting with Ella and it was the first time that she was old enough that we sat down and we painted our nails and toenails together. And I sat there and I wept the entire time because all I could think in my head is this is what it was like to do this with my mom. And I don't know what that feels like because I was too young. And so it is really awesome to pull in this perspective of what she must have felt like being our mom through being a mom of a child who's a similar age when we lost her. It's all we can do is honor them through our behavior and do as much of it as we can while we're here. And um, yeah, I just, I love you. I'm just really proud of you. I'm just the whole thing, the whole thing, the whole journey, everything that you and Marty have been doing. It's just been, it's been a, it's been a powerful leap of, faith and belief in yourself, shifting and shaping the world and how people see things and how they believe things. And 
it's working. Like it's happening. You know, it's just, it's there. It's in your, it's in your palm, the palm of your hand right now. And it's completely badass. And I think like the, the work too, like you were saying, I'm actually finally settled with who I am. Yeah. Can I share my favorite story? Yeah. You and I talked about the story a couple of weeks ago, but this just shows how Regina and I always look at ourselves as being the same. And when we were little, one of my, our mom's friends told us that we were driving in a car and we were in the back seat together. And one of us had a pair of sunglasses on that was missing a lens. So there was a lens and one missing. And then the other, and I don't know who was who, but the other one had an intact pair of sunglasses. And we were both sitting back in our car seats or whatever, wearing these sunglasses. And my mom and her girlfriend were in the front of the car chit-chatting and talking and whatever and they would keep looking back to check on us and one of those times they looked back to check on us the the twin with the intact glasses had popped out a lens so her glasses were missing a lens just the same as the other twin and like that just is like so indicative of us making sure that we're doing the exact same thing all the time, no matter what. So I love that story so much. I love it too. It's so fun. So I like to wrap up with challenging my guests to share with the audience a little nugget that would help our audience push forward through whatever they are trying to get through in their life for them to be inspired and leave here feeling empowered. I just think you have to lead with love. I don't know what else to say except for you just have to have an open heart and you have to think about other people's feelings and you have to, you just always have to put yourself in someone else's situation just to really, really, really know that you're supporting anyone in your life and to not be afraid to jump into things that feel like they're out of your norm or different or uncomfortable. And just doing those things in general opens up so many avenues of experience and compassion and friendship and and just happiness in life. I just think another important piece is gratitude and really feeling grateful for the, the blessings and the things that have been placed in your life are so important to carry on and to really stop and think about and focus on. Um, And I think that really has helped me be a fulfilled, happy person as well. So I have to ask you, what did you think I was going to say? I thought you're going to give granny's granny's advice, the way to live. Oh, oh, oh. Maybe you should give that to end anyways. I mean. You do it. No, you do it. You do it better. Our granny is Rosemary Basiglio, who was our life mentor. She picked up a lot of pieces for our family um, throughout our life. And before she had passed away, our younger brother, Nicholas, went up to granny and said, Granny, what is the secret of life? And she said, the secret of life is to be a good person and to be kind to others. Amen. Yeah, so that kind of sums up my long-winded earlier explanation. But yes, it, it's really important. So, well, thank you. I love you. This is iteration number one. I love you too. This was so fun to finally have some sort of a stage together. I can't wait to get you on stage with me at some point. Oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we need to. And thank you to everyone else who sat in with us today. We're grateful for it. And I hope to see you next time. This is Pushing Forward with Alicia. And that is how we roll on this podcast. Love you. Love you.
If you're an employer looking to motivate and inspire your team through the power of diversity and inclusion and learn more about disability inclusion in the workplace and how to include disability into your DEI efforts, please check out my keynote speech offerings on aliciaanderson.com. That's A-L-Y-C-I-A Anderson with an O.com. Click on speaking.